Come on, come all, come gather round. Come hear tales both lost and found. Grab yourself a drink with a splash of lime. It's David and Michael's story time. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Storytime. I, as always, am here to tell you a story, and I'm David Miller, and with me, as per usual, I'm targeted <laughs> advertising uh, that the Google algorithm knows what I'm doing here. I'm here to listen to Animorphs, and I'm Michael Santel. Man, we both, I feel like, had a bit locked and loaded, and both of us, like, <laughs> stumbled into it, and then just... <laughs> Mine well, was going to be that. Well, never mind. It's not even funny anymore. So I'm not going to say it. Uh, hi, I how's do, it going? I'm I'm doing well. It's good to see you. I'm here to tell you that I am getting targeted, promoted Twitter tweets about animorphs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the but the promotions I'm getting have they're for I, other stuff. Yeah. I, no, no, no. The I it was like the video. It was like oh, it's like a Scholastic Book Fair, and it showed me the 1996 CG of the of the aliens and stuff. Yeah, I don't know what it was promoting, David. I don't. I'm just right. supposed to like animorphs. I don't know. <laughs> Man, you can imagine the kind of ads I'm getting, having bought 63 books over like. 10 different orders from like seven different websites. I would I would assume that I would assume that someone at the Scholastics office was like, "We got one. Get start sending him start sending him goosebumps there's, ads. We can make this happen." There's, there's been a team in an unmarked van outside my apartment for the last month. Just like uh, ET just like listening me. to you. Yeah, yeah listening yeah. to all your stuff. He, he just got past Megamorph, sir. We're moving on to the next book. <laughs> he's showing extreme restraint in uh, how fast he's burning through these books. Well, it's because he's reading each of them at least twice so that he can write notes. <laughs> it's a process, man. And then I don't want to read the next one until I've told you one because I want to keep it fresh. It's I, I got to work out a better system than this. Well, you need to work out a better system. These kids need a better system. They're dropping man. left and right, David. The sh- Shit has been turned right. up to 11. They're doing okay. The, I mean, the end of Megamorphs number one, we got an actual great victory, right? Right. Uh, one, uh, a victory well, that Well, not they, great victory. It was reactionary, but uh, but still, it was a victory nonetheless. A victory that they were able to celebrate. They've had other victories, but they've been like, right, when they fucked up the Yerk pool, they didn't well, know about that victory. Technically, the, the victory before that was when they destroyed the Kendrona. Yeah. Right, right. Which we will absolutely talk about today. Ooh, wonderful. You know how in that book they were like, we didn't see the effects or know of the effects of that until later. But that's a story for another time. Guess what? It's another time. Yay! What is the <laughs> what is this book for another time you're sharing with oh, me today? I'm sorry. Before we start, I have one more thing. And I forgot to warn you about this before. So you're going into this blind. So do you remember a while back we got a five-star review from Hadster22? Yeah. And they were, they were an 11-year-old, and they said that they love our show. It's so funny. Please do more Animorphs. Uh, they're 11, and they've, they listen to us before they go to bed, and they've never slept so good. And oh. we, we, we laughed a lot, and we were like, ha, ha, ha. And then we said something about, like, uh, growing up, and you said, yeah, wait till you're 13 and, like, become a man or something. You know, Jewish person joke. Sure. So we have gotten another five-star review from another profile, but it starts with, hey, this is Hadster again. <laughs> Answer, uh, just write us an email. Shit, you I should have pulled this up because I don't want to paraphrase what they said because I want to. Oh, I want to address this. We God, can't. Gotta, you can't just e- just email us. You can hit us up on Twitter. Just ask your parents to help you. You don't have yes. to like get your parents' permission before you email two adult men, please. Uh, yeah, please. Hopefully. Uh, uh, what did he? What is? What's on Hadster's mind now? Now, did he change well, his name or did he go as the I, Dark probably, Knight, aka well, Hadster? 
No, uh, it's just some other profile. I, I don't want to, like, dox it. He's probably using someone else's profile or whatever. Or, or okay. She. I, I'm sorry, she is the first thing I need to say. We were addressing this person as he, but we need to talk about this. Listen, when so. she becomes 13, she can become a woman man <laughs> as well. I'm totally fine with that. Mazel tov. I feel really bad about this. This is why I'm bringing this up. So here we go. This is Hastor22 again. You guys really hurt my feelings. I have only listened to the Animorphs, Sloths, and Norse Myths and Greek Myths and Prince and Popper episodes. So, so far, I think it is appropriate. When I said that I've never slept better, it means that most of the time I get nightmares. So I, I like to have a happy thought in my mind. And you guys are so funny that it gave me a good thought so I could sleep very well. By the way, I am a girl and not a boy. I am not Jewish. <laughs> so I just wanted to say to Hadster, we had no intent of, yeah. of hurting your feelings. And we are actually very sorry about that. Hadster, we are slinging these jokes from the hip as fast as we can. First and foremost. And you, absolutely did not mean to misgender you. Apologize about that as well. Apologizing for misgendering you. Uh, I, 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 We're going to have an open form of communication. I'm going to let you know that when you said you never slept better with listening to us, unaware of any of those things, I instantly went to my own problems and my own mental narcissicities. And I thought, oh, you fall asleep because our voices drone you to sleep. So, see... And that is, that is important to understand is that most of our jokes do come from our insecurities. <laughs> a lot of and insecurities. Are, uh, and nothing has ever meant to be a reflection on you or any of you, audience. Uh, but in that regard, we are sorry, Hadster. We will not do that again. Hadster, I will never refer to you again. Please continue to be a fan in the shadows. I'm so happy. We do happy. appreciate your listenership. That being said, I like as well, <laughs> that I, I appreciate your support where you were correcting us about something that you they didn't like. They still gave us a five-star You star still review. gave us five yeah. stars. So listen, Hadster, Absolutely you, perfect. <laughs> you're the show's number one fangirl. I will absolutely give you that. If you want to make that t-shirt, we can make it and send it to you. That's up to you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sorry for all of those things. That being said, when you turn 13, Missy, you are a woman in my eyes, okay? No, Get your no. light. She is responsible. No, no. She doesn't have to be Jewish. I'll still say Mazel Tov, but she will have to learn some of the Torah. So I'll let you talk about that with your rabbi, <laughs> okay, Hadster? Uh David, let's yeah. get back to some more Gentile kids. What's this yes, book called this week? Okay, here we are. Animorphs Book 8. Now, so now I also want, uh, man, I, I also just want to adjust quickly. The titling for these episodes has gotten to a point where it might be confusing, and I panicked about this last episode yeah. because <laughs> I've been calling these like Animorphs Part 1, and that was Book 1, right? Animorphs right. Part 2, that was Book 2. Then we got to Megamorphs Number 1. Do I make that Animorphs Part 8, Megamorphs Number 1, and then this, Animorphs Book 8, is now Animorphs Part 9? No, that's confusing as fuck. So, <laughs> what did you, what did you is, do? This is Animorphs Part 8, even though it's technically the ninth episode of Animorphs episode. Make sense? Cool. Glad we're on the same page. Here we I go. love being consistently inconsistent, <laughs> David. This is exactly the kind of production values we have around here. Uh, what is the title of this physical book 8 of the original 8? Not, of course, to be confused with the Megamorphs. <laughs> the Alien. The oh, and it's got a wonderful picture of uh, axe. We've got this is an axe simile Escaruth Isthil book, the first that we've had. Someone hit us up on Twitter, and I apologize for not having your name. They showed me the art from another country. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those like were the Vietnamese ones or something. The yeah. Vietnamese ones are on point. They're so They're much better amazing. than these yeah. ones. I would absolutely have preferred to have those. Yeah. 
Damn it, now I'm going to have to go hunt those down and like <laughs> <laughs> collect, collect another 63 amazingly covered books. Listen, that the algorithm written in a language that I do not understand. The algorithm is ready, David. Let's get them to you. Okay, uh, great. Book 8, The Alien. Okay, the Alien. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And this is the one also, just to remind you, came with a bookmark. Yes, thank you, David. Thank you, David. I will David. be using from now on. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, let's do yeah, predictions. predictions. Okay. Now, I don't, I feel like the alien is re- isn't is referring to Axe, but maybe another alien that we're going to meet that doesn't stick around but is beneficial for the moment. Um I think the kids are going to learn something about the universe or Mm. the interaction between these alien tribes. Uh, I think the kids are going to uh, save some animals from a pet shop that catches on fire, just like Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And we will acquire a new animal that at first doesn't seem like a good animal, but turns out to be the MVP. Okay, those are some solid predictions, and I'm actually going to tell you right now that one of them is wrong. Oh, good! Uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you which one. The the pet shop. The eco the eco warrior one. Actually, oh, they're going to do we something. We do have eco. some other misadventures, but it's actually not in freeing animal based. Okay, uh, okay, time, okay. This time, uh, but those are some really good predictions. Others might be right. Others might be wrong. Oh, I wonder uh, which so, ones were right. <clears throat> here we go. Uh, so it is from the POV of Axe, as we said, um, and it starts with a prologue and i'm just realizing now that i wanted to do something at the end of this book and i meant to mark through the book where they were but i i'm just gonna have to thumb through it as we go wonderful um so we start with a prologue before he crash landed on earth okay he was hanging Uh, in his room playing some Fortnite, chilling on discord he was on the ship he was on the the dome ship it's the big dome that they found him in that is also attached to like a long straight like ship's bridge essentially right like weapons and stuff like that um, and like all the, the fighter bays and the, the actual bridge of the ship. Uh, he is a warrior cadet, so he's not a full warrior, as he's said before. Um, but we learn the term for that now. It's an aristh. A-R-I-S-T-H. A risk? A risk. T-H at the end. I like to think about it that they're young warriors, so bring him yeah. into battle. It's a big risk it, to everybody. That is absolutely true, which is why by Andalite law, a cannot fight in battle. Oh! They are poor. not allowed. Poor Axe. He's breaking all the rules down here on Earth, trying Axe, to stay alive. He is actually the only Arist on this ship, and he's here because he's tagging along with his very popular and very famous warrior prince brother, Elfangor. He's oh, he's so beautiful. He has the best. He uses everybody horse and name. loves Elfangor. He is like the perfect. He's he's his older brother too, so he like idolizes him. Um, he was actually even like he's like much older than Axe, or I don't know how fast they take to really like mature but like axe was born while elfingor was away fighting war and like didn't meet him until he like came back how much older is elfingor to him uh, we don't know exactly in terms of like years or anything but like fairly he was already a, a warrior by the time axe was born i hate to say it i think axe might have been a mistake of love david i don't think his parents wanted another child but here we go axe is now in the mix well, he's following in his footsteps and he's in a rift he's at his side and he's on the bridge of the dome ship um, as it exits Z space and comes into Earth orbit. And the first thing they say is like, oh, I didn't expect there to be so much water on there. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, and they're also there with the captain of the ship, Captain Nerefir. What? Where's Nerefir? We've never heard of Nerefir. Yeah, Where's Nerefir? Well, Nerefir, as we know, is a part of this ship that is doomed. 
right? Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so I, I can guess where Nair of Fear is, uh, and it is the great beyond. Beyond <laughs> the, the silvery veil of Twilight. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's in the death pool. <laughs> um, and it's actually very funny. Axe, like, doesn't notice that the captain is here at this moment. And it's like, um, like, oh, wow, I didn't expect there to be so much water on Earth. And says to his brother, like, hey, do you think old, uh, uh, what is it, old hoof and tail will, like, let me tag along with you down to the surface? And then, you know, he, like, is right behind him and it's like, old hoof and tail, huh? Is that what I'm called? And he's like, oh, God. And he had already had a bad run-in with him because he was running down the hall and accidentally slammed into Captain Nerefir and bruised one of his eye stalks. So he's, oh. like, all, already like, oh, shit. And Elfangor is like, god damn it, little brother. What the fuck? Just shut up. Like, you know. Zetus Lapidus, um, he's fucking up left and right on this ship. They should have never brought this little uh, Ariska board. Captain Nerefir kind of winks at Elfangor and is like, ah, is that what the young hooves are calling me these days? I kind of like it. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, uh, he is voiced by either Tommy Lee Jones or Harrison mm, Ford, depending on the gravelness of their voice. I go with yeah, Tommy Lee okay, Jones. Great. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, because we can't afford him for a full fucking episode, but we can get some lines out of him. We can get him for five minutes, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, so they're there, they're standing there on the on the bridge, and suddenly, out of Z-Space, a Yurk mothership arrives. And they're like... The captain's like, Elfangor, fucking battle stations, get to the fighters. And he turns around and Elfangor's already like on his way out the door. Like he's yeah. like, didn't even wait for the order. Um, so do, Axe and Elfangor... do the Andalites move their arms along yeah. with yeah, their, with yeah, their yeah, horse? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as they're trotting they along, along yeah. they're still moving their arms? You would think yeah, that'd be... The reason, the reason he's asking me that is because I'm acting this out as I'm telling the story and I was running like a person would and not like a horse would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so they're, they're, uh, Axe is following Elfangor and he's like, hey, you go to the dome because you can't be in battle. You have to go to the dome. And he's like, oh, but I want to come fight with you. I can fly a fucking thing. And he's like, you'll have your time, but now's not it. And they have kind of a touching moment of goodbye. They touch tail blades. Uh, and then Elfingor runs off. And then we have Axe's narration to us of, and that is the last time I saw or spoke to my brother. I like the idea when they touch tail blades, like little sparks come off it. Like, ting, ting. Oh, They're like, yeah, yeah, see you later. Like yeah, yeah. Each other. Yeah, that's, that's cute. Uh, yeah, so they have a touching goodbye. It turns out to be the last goodbye. Um, and Axe kind of thinks to himself about how much he idolizes his brother and it's like god he's such a fucking warrior prince what a cool dude um so then he goes to the dome and he's there alone because he is the only arist so he's just him on the dome and then he notices he's like kind of watching the the battle happening from afar and he kind of gets this like shadowy premonition of like ooh, like dread and he looks over and he sees the blade ship come out of z space oh no close to the dome ship and he's like oh fuck like the dome is going to have to be detached for the the you know um, dome ship to have any chance at maneuvering. So he's he feels the dome separate from the bridge, and the bridge starts to turn, but it's not fast enough. And he watches helplessly as the blade ship just tears the bridge to pieces, and all the Andalites that were on it are now dead. He's got his nose pushed up against the glass. His eyes are looking at. It. He's like, no, but no one can hear him because no one can hear and you the, in space. The shockwave from the blast of the blade ship hits the dome and knocks it out of orbit and it goes hurtling to earth and yeah. crashes into the ocean. Uh, and Axe mentions that he later learns of his brother's death from the Animorphs. Oh. Um, and he mentions that by Andalite custom and like essentially honor law um, that he is duty bound to avenge Elfangor and kill his killer, Visser Three. 
Uh, I like how there's uh, I like the I love I love alien rules that like hey you can't be in battle with us but like oh you now have a vengeance you plot now, yeah, oh yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to do that so that sort yeah. of trumps the other thing but only if he's mm-hmm. there if he's not there don't fight fade to black white words in the middle of the screen present day or right. now depending right. on what how, how you my name is X and I live somewhere in this country <laughs> but I don't know where the fuck it is because I'm an alien boy. Oh, man, I can already tell this episode is going to be kind of long. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the Animorphs want to help Axe learn, like, about human culture so he can better impersonate being a human. Right. Um, so the plan for today is to take him to the movies. Oh, great. And he's going to watch, like, the first hour of a movie in the theater, and then we're going to get him out of there so he can demorph. Oh, it's 19. Okay, That's it's... the plan. Oh, it's right. Not okay. Nighttime. It's the daytime. It's I like wonder. Midday, are they going to take him to a new hot movie, or are they going to are they going to go to the cinema? I will tell you. I will tell you right now that while they're in in the theater, they reference. He's like, "What is that?" And it's like, "That's the Enterprise." So they are watching a Star Trek movie. Ooh, it's got to be First Contact. It'd be whatever one came out in like ninety six, ninety seven. It's got to be First Contact. It's got to be the one where William Shatner comes. Oh no, not First Contact. Generate. What is that one called? Whatever. Whatever know, the man. one with William Shatner. They're running around on the rocks. <laughs> Um, so the plan is that Jake and Marco are going to be in the movie with him. Uh, Cassie and Rachel are waiting outside in case something comes up and he needs to get out and demorph immediately. Rachel has um, one of the oh, shit. I, I meant to write down what store it was. Like one of like it's not Mervin's. I want to say Mervin's, but one of the, like the dressing rooms. I, J- it might be J- J- J. C. Penney's. No, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, one of the dressing rooms that's like big enough for him to demorph in is like. They have it ready to go. Yeah, a movie is kind of cutting it close. Movies are usually two hours long, well, and so... it's going to take them like it's going to take them like twenty, thirty minutes to like morph and then get to the mall, right? And then they got to go in, and then they're going to watch like an hour of the movie, and then have like a half an hour to get him out and demorph. He's right? gonna he's got to he's got to see a movie with an intermission. They got to see they got to go see like the. <laughs> We're not going to see the whole movie. That's the thing is they're, they're just going to see like the first part. This is just to kind of have him like experience the sort of society and culture. Okay. Um. So they're in there. Oh, he does. He's talking about like his friends and talking about the Animorphs to us as the audience. Um, uh, I does. just want to let you know that these kids see Star Trek is like an idealized version of our society. It's not. A, they should not oh, have taken him to see Star Trek. There's a point where he's like, what is that? And he's like, oh, that's the, the Enterprise. It's a starship. But don't worry. Like, it's fake. And Axe is like. Oh, I know. I've seen a starship before. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I know one. I That's know what not it looks a starship. Like. Um, so uh, he mentions the term for what Tobias is, like someone who's stuck in morph. What are they called? A nothlet. A nothlet. Nothlet. N o t h l i t. Cool. We're, we're gonna get a, a lot of fun andalite terms in this one. Um, so while they're in the movie, uh, he sees a trailer and he's like, I don't understand the story of that one. And J- Jake's like, oh, that's just a trailer for, it's like a, a teaser for another, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Axe tries popcorn and he loves it. Fucking loves it. Buttery, like, what is salty, and delicious. Like, know, salt and grease. And he's like, mmm. And then he tries to eat the box because it also tastes like salt and grease. And they're like, no, 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 don't eat that. And then he ends up finding, seeing something on the floor so he crawls around on the floor and he finds a little, what he calls a globule, a little brown globule, and he eats it. And he's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Turns out that that's a raisinette. Oh, uh, I, I was going to go with Junior Mint. Junior Mints are my favorite in a movie theater. Interesting. I hate mint anytime that's not cleaning. Uh, well, you can clean with Junior Mints too. It's just messier. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, so he, he goes, he starts going nuts and like crawling around on the floor, trying to find as many globules that he can. And he finds, Ooh, this one's the same taste, but it's got, it's like crunchier and it has like, you know, and then he ends up like at someone else's feet. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? And he looks up and sees that they have like a box of globules and he's like, please oh, he's give like... me the glob. And he starts trying to take them and they're like, what the fuck? And so then Jake and Mark are like, Oh God damn it. And they have to drag him out of the theater as he's screaming globules, globules. <laughs> Uh, very much reminiscent of in the couple of years in Elf when he finds all the free gum in New York City. He found all the globules <laughs> on the ground. Yes, yes. I'm sure that's where the writer of Elf got the inspiration for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, as they leave, um, Tobias is like, hey guys, um, there's like some commotion happening over there. And they see there's a man kind of stumbling around outside and like screaming and like kind of going crazy. And they're like, what the fuck is happening? And then Ugh, it's, suddenly, a, it's, it's the epidemic, David. He's on fentanyl. It's a problem. It's a problem in all the states. But then, so he's like kind of screaming a lot of like kind of random stuff. And then, and then he screams, they're here. The Yerks are here. Uh, and then everyone's kind of like, oh, fuck, what? And then so um, they figure out, and Jake especially figures out like, that is a guy whose Yerk is dying. Like whose Yerk is starving in his head. Yeah. Uh, and it initially Jake and the rest of the Animorphs are getting kind of excited. Jake's like, it's starting. Like if they start starving, then, you know, if it happens once, then like people will be like, Ooh, what a crazy guy. But if it starts happening here and there and here and there, there's no way they can keep it a secret. This is it. Right. This is it. We're going to win. Um, and Axe says to us, um, that like he, that makes him seeing that reaction for them makes him sad because he knows how this is going to end and it's not how they think. Because uh, of because of what happens knows, when when there's mass die offs. Well, he knows how the Yerks operate and doesn't have the heart to tell Jake um, what happens to yes, essentially what'll happen to these people whose Yerks are dying. They go fucking crazy nuts pants like that lady in the forest. Uh, no, because because he uh, well th- yes possibly, but that's not what Axe is talking about. We don't. He's like hinting at something, but we don't know yet as an audience. Okay. Um. But but if he were to tell them that like oh no 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 like that you guys don't get excited that would lead to questions of Axe, um, which he uh, would then may have to explain something that he tells us is called Zero's kindness. But we don't know as an audience what that is yet. Zero's kindness. No. Zero. S e e. R O W, Ciro's kindness. Ooh, that sounds it's awful. It's like an Andalite custom or law or something, but we don't really know what it is or what exactly it means. Ooh, I wonder if it's like ritual it is, suicide where you're supposed to it help. Is, it's why Axe won't tell the others what he knows at this point. I wonder if, like, by Andalite tradition, you're supposed to take your, your knife tail and, like, cut their stomach and then cut their head off for it so they have an honorable death. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, well i'll tell you but not right now okay Uh, as as cops arrive the man is literally pulling the yerk out of his ear um and uh the cops kind of rush around him and because these are because these are alien cops at least 10 percent of the whole police force is controller yeah right um so they secretly only axe sees it happen press a small cylinder to the man's neck um He says small cylinder. I'm thinking like a syringe kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. But he has something. He kind of tells us he has something that he can't tell his friends. Even the Andalites have their secrets. The biggest being their guilt. Oh, no. I Uh, think we're uh, I I, I wonder if 
I wonder if the Andalites are responsible for these, for this scourge being brought to the universe, that something happened like that. Who knows? Uh, the next morning, Axe does his morning ritual by a stream. Um, and oh, like he, whole thing he, he went he, number like, two? He went number two his morning ritual by the stream? <laughs> yeah. It's like a thing. It's a whole thing where he like says like a prayer and he puts his like hoof in the water and um, I have to read it out. Uh, let me see here. The Lord is good to me. And so I thank the Lord for giving me. Is that what he sings? From the water that gave birth to us, I said, and dipped my right forehoof into the water. It was the beginning of the morning ritual. From the grass that feeds us, I said, and moved back to crush a small tuft of grass beneath the same hoof. For the freedom that unites us, I spread my arms out wide. We rise to the stars, and I look with all four eyes at the rising sun. That's it. Oh, oh, and and then he bows low. Uh, So at this point, he's like thinking about what this means and as a warrior he's supposed to do all this um and then the next part is freedom is my only cause duty to the people my only guide obedience to my prince my only glory then tobias lands above him uh the destruction of my enemies my most solemn vow i straightened up again and then assumed the fighting stance i eximile escaruth isthil and a light warrior cadet offer my life and with that i drew my tail blade forward and pressed it against my own throat then I relaxed my tail. This was the part of the ritual that called for contemplation. You were supposed to think about the parts of the ritual and ask yourself if you were living up to all of it. Right? So that's his morning ritual that he does every day. And, and at that moment, he does reflect on it. And he thinks about how that one line, the destruction of my enemies. And he thinks about it and he goes, I haven't killed Mr. Three. Like, <laughs> fuck! You know? Uh, um, uh, we're getting a more intimate look at the Andalites and this warrior culture this he warrior aspect of it a lot of cultural pressure in this book yeah for yeah. sure that's a big theme of this well this is the first time you know we, I, i've always thought of axe as this fun loving guy but it's like no yeah. axe has a moral code different from the kids and and he, and he hasn't been able to tell them a lot about what that entails. Well, I also feel like I, I feel like we have some. Sa- I don't know if Axe makes it to the end of uh, the end of all of our adventures. FYI, you don't need to tell me that or not. I just feel like once you are that person, that's like, oh, I if I can kill if I can kill Visser Three and die while doing it, that's honorable. Everyone will be happy. I did I did my due diligence. That is almost exactly what he's thinking about in this moment. Right, is like he needs to kill Visser Three, but he knows that that is a suicide fucking attempt. Um. Uh, uh, whatever Andalite God talked to Allah, he did a great job because he, this kid only has to only has to talk uh, pray once a day. The yeah. you know what I mean, Moses. Good job, Moses. You got them. You talked down God a little bit more. Um, he reflects on his brother uh, and how he did what no other Andal- what no Andalite has done, broken their major law, Ciro's kindness. So something Elfangor has done violated Ciro's kindness. It's got to be given the kid's powers, right? It's got to be... You're, that's, I'm nodding my head. I'm nodding my head at you That's right got to be a fucking no-no. <laughs> you can't be, like, giving other species, like, here's our I one mean, advantage. When they met Axe and they told him that Elfangor gave them the power to morph, he was surprised. He was like... Right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I hope that his older brother's sacrifice allows him to maybe think on these critics and maybe it's okay... Oh in times of troubles to maybe bend the rules a little bit. Oh boy, are we going to get into a conversation? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Tobias had landed nearby during that. Um, and uh, as soon as he's done, it's like, Axe, don't move. There, There's a rattlesnake behind you. 
Uh, and Axe is like, what? And he looks down, and there's a snake, like, rattling, and it, it strikes at him. And Axe remarks, he's like, holy fuck, that's fast. Like, I didn't even see it strike. And luckily, it glances off of his hoof. Um, but then Axe pins it with his tail, and Tobias is like, get rid of it. Like, it's dangerous. And Axe is like, hold on. And he acquires it. Acquires snake powers! Hell yeah, he does. And, and Tobias is like, you want to become a rattlesnake? And Axe is like, I don't have a lot of earth morphs, and it might be useful. It's pretty quick. Uh, and then he, it, while it's in its trance, he, like, flings it off into a bush. Um, let's see. Um, uh, oh, uh, Tobias mentions that, uh, he's like, oh, speaking of, like, none of us, we, we all have kind of a question, and I hope it's not too much of a pressing thing to ask, but, like, none of us understand how you eat. <laughs> and Axe oh, kind of... I run on the grass and I suck up nutrients. See, now, I've told you that, but as an audience reading the books at this point, we have not technically been told that. Oh, Okay. Um, but, uh, so what he does is he's like, well, I have hooves, don't I? And Tobias is like, okay, whatever, never mind. I don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they go to meet the others for today's, like, get to know humans mission, which is Axe is going to school. Uh, oh no, like real people's school? <laughs> he's going to school with Jake. He I is can't, gonna I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they're, they, they thought this was a good idea when there's obviously controllers at the school. Chapman, Vice Principal Chapman. Uh, Axe, yeah, so he's gonna pretend to be Jake's cousin from, quote, out of state. Uh, cousin Philip. Uh, uh, oh, but before they go, um, he kind of talks to us as the audience, and he says he considers that Tobias could be a true, he wonders if Tobias could ever be a true shorm, S-H-O-R-M, which means, like, a true friend. Ooh. Like, a true deep friend. Um, it actually, shorm in Andalite means tail blade because it's, like, someone that you could trust to have their tail blade to your throat and they wouldn't kill you. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, David, so you're, that... David, you're definitely my shorm. You can put your Yay! knife all over me. I wouldn't be worried about yeah. it at all. Um, <laughs> uh, but there's someone that you have, like, no secrets from. You never lie to. Like, that's a shorm. Sure. Um, and he wonders if Tobias could ever be like that because he's, like, feeling a real connection with Tobias. Um, but that he could never truly be because Andalites are not supposed to get too close to other species. It is forbidden. Ooh, I wonder why. They're, they're, they are allowed, they're supposed to like them, to care for them, to help them, but not to get too intimately close with them. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. That's a no-no. Um, uh, so he morphs human to go to school and he really doesn't understand why humans stand on two legs. He fucking hates it. Uh, <laughs> that's just a fun little side note. It's um, awkward. Gonna, you yeah. can't. You. You're, it's hard to keep your balance. So they go in. He observes there are kids all over the halls. He's really confused about clothing rules because he's like, everyone's wearing different stuff. They insist that I wear clothes, but I don't understand what makes good clothes or bad clothes. Like, what the fuck? Right. Um, that girl's got tiny shorts on, and that kid's got a trench coat on. What are yeah, your clothes? Yeah. Um, he learns about lockers. He's like, what are all these tiny doors? And, and, and they're like, oh, those, those are lockers. Everyone has a locker. See, and Cassie's like, this is mine. And she opens it. And he's like, why do you have a picture of Prince Jake in your locker if you can just see him here at school? Slam! Like, shuts it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she like shuts it. She's like, oh. Uh, not, Don't not, pay like, attention to that. Ax and Jake go to his class uh, where he sees the teacher, Mr. Pardue. Um, and he's like, fine, this is my cousin, Philip. He's from out of... And he's like, fine, whatever, sit down, don't make any noise. So he sits in an empty desk, um, which he does. He's like, he's like, I've gotten good at sitting. I understand the concept of sitting. Uh, <laughs> but he sits in and he's like, sitting in desks is uncomfortable. And some random kid is like, fucking you said it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then class starts and almost immediately... The teacher, Mr. Pardue, starts kind of 
like cutting off his sentences mid sentence, and then he starts freaking out uh, and yelling and falls to the ground, clawing at his head, screaming, Yerk, get it out, get it out. And Jake and Axe kind of look at each other, and Axe is like, Yo, did you know that this guy was. And Jake's like, I had no idea about this one. Uh, terrifying. If you've yeah. ever had any. A kid have an epileptic seizure or a oh, yeah. teacher falls in a classroom. It ruins the day. Every, oh, it puts dude. everybody on alert. It becomes a big deal. I'm assuming the kids are freaking the fuck out right now. Yeah. So Jake runs up to the teacher um, and gets real close to him and like whispers like Mr. Pardue, like grabs his hand, you know, and was like, you've got this. I've been through this. You're going to make it. It's going to be fine. Look at me like focus, you know. And meanwhile, Axe like doesn't know what to do. So he like stands in between them and the, the rest of the kids. And he's like, stay back. There may be danger. <laughs> um, and then Vice Principal Chapman shows up in the doorway. And immediately Mr. Pardue was like, no, no, not you, you know? And he's like, everybody out, everybody out of the classroom. And Jake is, and Axe kind of like pulls Jake up and is like, we need to go. Uh, I like how all the kids are in the hallway. They're all looking at him. And yeah. he, the, the principal goes, fentanyl, and just closes the door. The kids are like, oh, <laughs> well, I guess we get it. So, so they like, as they leave, Jake kind of turns and looks and sees Chapman put a syringe essentially to the dude's what neck. What are these syringes? And immediately Pardue goes silent and stops. Yeah. 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 Axe uh, knows. Well, I wonder, we'll, we'll if the, I wonder if the syringes are like some food or if it's sleepy stuff or if the syringes are removing the entity to like protect them. David is shaking Absolutely. his head no. Okay. Oh, my guess is they're wrong. Okay. <laughs> I'm slowly shaking my head. Okay. Uh, so outside, Jake does confront Axe and he's like, he killed him, didn't he? Like, Mr. Pardue is dead, huh? And uh, Axe is like, yeah. Uh, and um, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, so that's what they'll do to anyone who has a starving yerk, right? Like, rather than let the story get out, they're just going to disappear him. And Axe is like, yeah. Which, <laughs> which, instantly, which instantly changes some stakes because now he's instantly worried about his brother again. Because exactly. God... God forbid, all of a sudden, they're going to find out that all these adults that they like are going to be killed. Yeah. Um, so I have to read this to you here. Um, <sighs> Prince Jake looked at me for a very long time. It made me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know something, Axe? Sometimes I get the feeling that we humans are just pawns in this big game between you and the Yerks. We're just ammunition in this war, aren't we? Too dumb to know what's going on, too primitive to be real warriors. That is not the way it is, I said. My own anger was diminishing, but Prince Jake's suspicion was not. You fight alongside us, Axe, and as far as I'm concerned, you're one of us. But then I find out that you're keeping secrets. Rachel and Marco keep asking me, what do we know about Axe? What has he ever told us about his own planet while we show him everything? And I told him that we could trust you. Now I wonder. I really wonder. There's no trust when you keep secrets. You should have told me that this is what Yerks would do. You know I have a brother who... You know about Tom. I had a right to know that that could happen. And he says, maybe you would not have destroyed the Kendrona if you would have known it could endanger Tom. I pointed out. Prince Jake stuck his face very close to mine. Is that what you think, Axe? You know what? Uh, you're right to try and learn more about humans because you don't know a thing about us. Not a thing. And so it's like, oh. Listen, Ugh. Prince Jake, you're allowed to be mad at him. He is the yeah. alien here, okay? So cut him a little bit of slack here. He is the alien here. He is the titled alien here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so Axe realizes that night that he and the other Animorphs could never be true Shorms. Oh, he, yeah. They just don't get it. They don't understand what it's like to be a, a space horse. Uh, so the next day, Marco invites Axe to come hang out with him. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of in an effort to try to get Axe to open up. And he even says, like, 
Like, hey, um, we're going to go to a bookstore because you want to learn stuff. And that's got fucking everything you need to learn. I told Jake that I could, like, try to, like, slyly get information out of you. But Jake told me to just be straight up and open with you. And we're just going to show you everything about human culture. So here we go. So they walk uh, to the bookstore and go right to the World War II section and say, Axel's, hey, buddy, you need to know about this. Axe feels guilty, uh, but they have to make a stop first before they go. Marco forgot. They all pitched in book money, but Marco forgot it at his house. So okay. <laughs> he has to go home. Uh, so he's like, Axe, you're human. You know, stay here in my living room. My dad's home, but he's like in the other room or whatever. I'm going to go get the money. If my dad comes in, only respond with yes or no. Just keep it simple. Only yes or no. Uh, and so then while he's gone, he notices a, uh, Axe notices a computer, uh, his dad's computer. Uh, and he's like, huh. And he looks at it. And on the screen, there's like a bunch of code, like text, essentially symbols, he calls it. And he's like, well, it's clearly a game where you're supposed to like spot and fix the errors in these primitive symbols. So he goes oh, through and he no. like does some stuff and then he's like he chuckles to himself and he's like, ha, I won. And then and then like Marco's dad comes in and he's like, uh hi and it, you know, um uh and actually I think there's a fun like now who's on the first, question sort is of. the question is as before David Reese's passage, did the alien fuck everything up or is the or is his dad gonna go like, how do you know this level of intelligence? How could you know these things? You're a child. Oh, we're gonna get there. All right. <laughs> Hello? I turned around. It was an older human. He was paler than Marco, but other features were similar. Marco had warned me to say nothing to his father, but yes and no. No, I said to Marco's father. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Marco's dad. Are you a friend of his? Yes. Yes. What's your name? No, I answered. <laughs> your name is No? Yes. That's an unusual name, isn't it? No. It's not? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's not an unusual name? No. Now I'm totally confused. Yes. <laughs> Marco's father stared at me. Then in a loud voice, he yelled, Hey, Marco, did you, um, your friend is here. Your friend No is here. No, I said. Yes, that's what I said. Marco came running down the stairs. Whoa, he cried. I'm dad. You met my friend? No, Marco's father said. <laughs> what? Marco asked. Marco's father shook his head. I must be getting old. I don't understand you kids. Yes, I offered. And after that, we went to the bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> little who's on first action going yeah, on. Yeah, little good shit. Um, so the, nothing interesting happens at the bookstore. We actually don't even see it. Uh, but the next evening, Axe is in his woods reading the World Almanac that he yeah. got at the bookstore. He loves it. Uh, <laughs> he thinks humans are very interesting for reading it. Well, um, it's got to be – it's got to, like, blow his mind because, like, you know, Earth's technolo te technology was, like, flat for a long time and then a bunch of stuff happens, but, like – He does make that point later, actually, uh, in something we'll talk about, but he does make the exact point that you were talking about right there. Yeah, um, human beings are weird. Our, our history is all weird and stuff like that. As soon as we learn one thing, it leads to, like, a huge spike in right. advancement, and then it, like, plateaus, and then we have another discovery that leads to a huge spike. Yeah. Right. Um, so – uh, we do get another Andalite term for what Cassie is, for, like, the 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 fact that she's better at morphing than everyone and can kind of control how she morphs. Yeah, what do they call MVPs? An Estreen. E-S-T-R-E-E-N. Okay, Estreen. Estreen. Um, and he also, like, Axe is not an Estreen. So, like, at some point they ask him, like, hey, not to be rude, but, like, how come Cassie can morph better than you? Shouldn't you, like, do this well? And he's like, oh, well, she's an Estreen. She's naturally talented at it for whatever reason, and that's never been my thing. Yeah. Um, uh, interesting that even amongst shapeshifters, there is an elite or like a more proficient like a sort of class talent. of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next evening, he's reading that, and the group shows up at his woods, and they are freaking out. Marco specifically is freaking out. He's like, "What did you do? My dad is losing his shit." 
like he's been working on coding for the new observatory that's opening for the radio telescope there and he says that somehow you have invented some new branch of computer science and some new branch of astrology in what like what did you do oh all, all i did was what any first grader would do in an android like, oh, I, I just put in the code for i just put in the Milwaukee code that's he's, all he's like, you, no clearly your dad makes games for children that game was easy like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and uh, before he explains exactly what he did to them, he realizes it himself, and then he actually doesn't tell them. Uh, but I have it for you. This is why it's going to be a long one, because I have a lot of passages to read you. Great. Um, uh, with the right adjustments, I could bounce the collected energy back, focus it, and break into zero space. I could use the system to send messages through Z-space. I could communicate with my own world. Um, then the, he like kind of goes silent for a second as he realizes that, and they're like, what are you hiding now? Um, and he's like kind of his mind is whirling because he just realized the possibility of this but at the same time there was another truth I had to destroy this technology I had broken the law of Ciro's kindness I had given the humans a huge advance in technology like literally like a hundred year advance in like science I wonder if Ciro's kindness is sort of like again back to Star Trek of like don't interfere with lesser species like kind it's of. it's not for our it's not for us to like change their evolution mm. I don't know if that's the motive behind it, and actually yeah. we'll kind of find out more about the motive behind it, but that is more or less the sentiment. What is it called um, in Star Trek? It's the, the grand... It's the prime directive. The prime directive. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he they ask him, like, what he's up to, and he's like, oh, no, nothing. He lies to them, and it's like, nothing. Like, I'm not hiding anything. Uh, but it, he's like, I have to destroy it, but also, couldn't I, like, call home first? He's like, that's what he's thinking about. And that night, he goes running and thinking. Like, he goes, just goes off running through the woods eating uh as we know but in the audience book we wouldn't know yet yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. uh and he's just kind of thinking he's thinking through everything he needs to destroy the technology but he could also use it to call home he gets so wrapped up in thoughts that he runs too far and into like the edge of cassie's field cassie's farm's field yeah he's like oh fuck i ran too far and he turns to go back and then he hears you know you can stay and there's cassie who has been running around as a horse because sometimes at night she comes out here to run as a horse and she's like, don't tell Jake, he'd get mad that I'm morphing for like personal reasons. And Axe is like, oh, I don't think he'd get mad at you. For some reason, I feel like Jake has an, a particular fondness for you. And she's like, no, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And she like, slams, what? she slams her locker closed again from the middle of the field. <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, she's like, no, 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 I, I, I don't think so. And Axe is like, well, then how come I always see you kind of like intertwine your fingers every now and then? And, she, and she's like, you're not supposed to see that. God damn it. <laughs> He's like, I have fucking four eyeballs. Yeah, I see yeah. a lot. Um, so he says he thinks that there's an access that he thinks there's another reason that Yerks want the humans. And that that's they're afraid. In, in addition to just being a hugely populous species that they meat, can have a lot of hosts of. Meat bodies. Instead, it also are meat bodies. But then. But then they are also afraid of our potential. Um, because. And he kind of. Because he's been reading this almanac, right? And he's like, you discovered radioactivity in 1896, and in 1945, you exploded an atomic weapon. 49 years. In 1903, you flew for the first time. 66 years later, you landed on the moon, right? Like, you guys just go for it once you figure something out. And that's scary to the Yerks, because you could someday, if if left untouched, become a threat. Also, for, for past the information that we have, our DNA... Works with this morphing fucking ability, which means could we figure out whatever that is? Is this, some, is this something in humans' future future possibilities? Who knows? Maybe. Um, so he's, he mentions all that, and Cassie actually asks them, like, 
well, how long did it take Andalites to, like, do that kind of stuff? And he, like, pauses for a second, and it's like, I don't remember. And then he feels really conflicted because he they're sharing all of their history with them, and he's literally keeping his history a secret, you know? Um, so she's, like, disappointed, but is like, okay, well, do you want to come in for dinner? Like, we're about to have dinner. Like, you should come in. Um, and Axe is like, oh, I already ate. And she kind of, like, cocks an eyebrow and is like, Okay, you, I mean, you could still come in. <laughs> so he morphs Jake <laughs> to come in. It's Cassie's idea. He doesn't, like, just choose. Right. He's like, how would you explain who I am? She's like, well, you've done Jake before. Just be Jake. And yeah, like, and, okay. and, it, and it makes sense because if, right, if you brought a strange kid home at 6.30, like, well, 7 o'clock at night, right, yeah. remove all those questions. It's just Jake. Oh, Jake was here helping me do some stuff in the barn, right. and now I offered him dinner. Yeah. He wants pizza. So he sort of manages, in, it's not going to be pizza, uh, in conversation, and then Cassie's dad offers some of his famous chili uh, mm. against the warnings of mom and mom and Cassie. Yeah, it's too spicy. It's too spicy for little mouths. Yes. And Axe does eat a ton of it, and it's like, my body was on fire, and my eyes were bulging. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, he yeah. just doesn't, it's, yeah. Oh, okay, he likes sweet and spicy. That's great. He just likes everything. He spends a nice evening, uh, some dinner, some TV with the family, and then Cassie walks him out and gives him a book of famous quotes. Um, like, so she's like, oh, well, if you read the almanac, here's some, like, famous things that people have said. Um, they have a little heart to heart about their parents. Like, she's like, well, like, what are your parents like? And, like, that kind of stuff. Um, Cassie's just being very sweet to him. Uh, well, Axe he does like, look like Jake right now. <laughs> no, he morphs back. He morphs back. Axe is very restless that night and, like, goes to Tobias and wakes him up and asks if he's his friend and if, like, would you, like, keep my secrets? And he's like, sure. And he's like, even from Prince Jake? And Tobias is like, would it put them in danger or, like, hurt them? And he's like, no. And he's like, then yeah. Yeah, I'm a fucking bird boy. Tell me whatever you <laughs> yeah. want. My, his that's, his, that's his response. Is like, are we friends? And he's like, dude, I am stuck. I'm a human and a bird, and you're an alien far away from home. We live in the woods. Like, how are we not? Yes, I'm your friend. Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. There, we are the closest thing. You. Uh, funny enough, uh, Axe probably understands his plight more than anybody else, mm-hmm. and— uh, Tobias probably understands what it's like being a foreigner in a strange place. You know what I mean? He's having to be a fucking bird boy. Yeah. Um, so Tobias says yes. And actually he's like, what do you swear on? And Tobias swears on Elfangor. Because if you remember when they met Elfangor, Tobias stayed like an extra second with him while the rest ran away. And like he had like some really special connection with Elfangor in that moment. Yeah. Um, so he swears on Elfangor. Um, and so Axe kind of tells Tobias about some of his plan. Uh, not all of it. Uh, so in the next morning, Axe does his ritual. Tobias shows up. They morph birds and they fly. Uh, t- uh, as they're flying, they see a, a beach. And Axe is once again very confused about clothing rules. He's like, you have <laughs> right. to wear clothes everywhere. But then if you're on the edge of the water, you don't have to wear clothes. Except sure. a little bit. Like, I don't understand. Right. <laughs> um, Axe does wonder why Tobias has not asked him if it's possible to fix his nothlitness. And, you know. and and Tobias does a double take and goes, can you fix this? No, he doesn't ask Tobias that. He wonders to himself, like, I wonder why Tobias hasn't asked me if it's possible. Oh, okay. Like, is it because he wants to be a hawk? Does he prefer it? Is it because he's afraid of the answer? Does he think I'll lie to him? Like, wh- wh- what is, yeah, he just wonders that. Um, when asked about the plan, Ask, Axe is kind of cagey about it, doesn't tell him everything. Um, they get to the observatory that's not fully operational yet, right? It's not open, so they don't know how many people are going to be around. 
Um, they dive in through the opening at the top, and they find, like, okay, the computers are probably through that door. There's some, like, dark offices over there. Um, and then Axe is like, okay, like, I'm going to need to morph out and, like, have fingers to do this, uh, whatever it is I'm doing, but I'm not going to tell you. Uh, and I think I should do this alone. So Tobias is like, fine, your show, your call, and, like, flies back out of the observatory. Uh, he goes into the dark office to demorph and can hear like human conversation like a few rooms away or like somewhere kind of around and tobias is thought speaking to him but only he's only getting like every other every third word because he's like just barely out of range right um so he morphs to andalite and then was going to morph to human but then was like ah, it's i'm already so tired from all this morphing and then to morph to human and then back to andalite and then back to bert like i'm not going to be able to do that so he risks morph just morphing to andalite there's no computer in the office he's in so he has to go back out to the observatory to like that thing um he takes like 10 minutes to like rewrite the code on the computer with his horse um, hooves with he's just no, like cock, cock, cock. he has two oh, okay, arms okay. andalite um, uh, uh, with six fingers on each hand, actually. I um, forgot that they have... I forgot when you were running, you had human arms above your horse body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So okay. he could still be doing that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so he, he rewrites the code, and he calls Andalite Homeworld. And it gets, like, a video fucking call with another Andalite. Pops up um, and identifies himself as Ithilarin <laughs> Halas... Korain. Yeah, 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 yeah. The <laughs> alien. Um, he acts, gives the news of the dome ship's destruction and Elfangor's death. Um, and then gives the report of the Yurk invasion progress. Uh, and then also mentions, so, and he's like, we don't know how many controllers, possibly thousands. The humans are unaware of what's going on. And so the analyst's like, oh, so Earth is lost then? And he's like, well, no, there is a small resistance uh, here. Um, we are fighting back in a small capacity. Um, we took out the Candrona, and they're like, wow, how'd you do that? Just you and five human adolescents? And he's like, well, uh, they have the power to morph. And they're kind of like, how did that happen? And he goes, and it has nothing to do with me. It's my dead <laughs> brother. He was put in a, he he put does in say, a crisis. El Fangor gave them the power to morph. And then immediately the feed switches, and it is no longer that person who was, like, manning the call. It is, like, the lead of the Andalite Council, uh, Lirim Arapoth Teros. Yeah, and he's got a hood on, and there's smoke in the background. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They he's fucked like, so, up. He's like, so what you're saying is Elfangor did that? And he's like, yeah. Um, and he's like, well, how are you calling us? And he's like, well, I made modifications to this to call you. And he's like, so you also broke the law. Uh! And he's like, sure. And, and so Axe is kind of like, the humans are not our enemies. Like, th they deserve a chance kind of thing. Um, and then I have this to read to you. To my surprise, Lyrum did not tell me to be silent, but his eyes grew darker and his expression more serious than ever. And then he said, a wrist eximile. Once before, an Andalite did what he thought was the right thing. He transferred technology to a weak, backward species. He did it because he thought he sh they should be able to travel the stars. Do you know the name of that Andalite? Prince Ciro, I said. Prince Ciro, yes. He was my first prince. Did you know that? Many centuries ago, when I was an Arist like you. So Andalites live a long time. Yeah, a very uh, long time. Lyrum looked hard at me. Do you know what happened because of Ciro's kindness? Yes, I said grimly. Yes, I know. I have seen what happened because of Ciro's kindness. Then Lyrum said, Young Aximile, your brother Elfangor is a hero. The people need heroes in this endless war. I do not wish to tell the people that in the end, Elfangor broke the laws. There could be no forgiveness for a prince that breaks the laws, unlike an Arist. 
So, I ask you to think again. Was it truly Elfangor who gave this technology to the humans? I couldn't no, believe what it was. To say. Oh my god, they gotta lie. They're gonna blame it on that captain guy. I I was wrong when I said Elfangor did this. I said, too shocked to argue. It was it was me. I gave the humans morphing technology. <sighs> he took that bullet for his fucking brother. I Lyrum can't believe continued. it. Cut off from your prince, alone, not yet trained, not yet a true warrior. You broke the laws, Arist Eximile. Is but this true? But we can make some. We can make some rules for a youngin like yep. you. You're just a dumb fucking kid. In the name of the council, I forgive your error. What's done is done. Perhaps in some way, I'm too old to see this. May all work out for the best. That's it. So he takes on his brother's guilt there. Yeah. So Ciro's kindness was this taboo act. And I wonder if he gave it to the worms. I wonder if he like, I mean, I guess they take over things. We don't know who he gave it to. Okay. But there's another species that can do this now as well. Not necessarily the morphing power, just, just advancing someone's to giving them advanced technology. You're not supposed to do that. You can't do Ciro's kindness. That's a no, no. Because the morphing power is technology. It's anti-technology. Okay. Uh, um, um, other things in that conversation that come out. Uh, the Andalite fleet is busy throughout the galaxy, so it is going to be a while before anyone can come to Earth. Right. Um, Tobias uh, is coming in and out, but it's like clearly a warning. <laughs> yeah. But right, right as that's happening, uh, they have Axe's dad on the line, ready to talk to him. Oh no! He wants to talk to his dad. So he does. Um, Axe delivers the bad news about Elfangor, and Axe's dad does this, like, questionnaire ritual where, like, essentially it puts the this oath of responsibility on Axe to avenge his brother's death. And it's, like, an actual, like, he asks a specific question, Axe gives a specific answer, He and then after the, these questions and answers are done, the ritual is complete, and now it is your duty to avenge his death. Does he only answer yes and no, like when he was talking to the other parent from before? Uh, more or less, they're yes and no questions. Okay. So, yeah. Um, uh, mid And then they kind of have a, like, hey, it's so wonderful to talk to you. I, uh, you know, I've been hoping. And then it cuts off mid-conversation. And Axe turns around, and there is a human with a Draken beam in his hand. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, yeah. We got you, Andalite scum. You're fucking coming with me. Tobias swoops in and, like, rakes at his arm. So, like, gets kind of his arm and his shirt, part of his shirt rips off. Um, and the guy's like, I, hey, I just want to talk. And he puts the gun down and, like, kicks it away. And he's like, hear me out. Uh, the Yerk's name is Eslin359. First, he's like, my name is Gary Kozlar. And they're like, stop your fucking shit. Yeah, what's your real what's name? What's your real fucking <laughs> name, bro? Eslin359. Um, and he's like, you and I have something in common, uh, Eximile, because he's like, was eavesdropping on that conversation? Uh, we both have a loved one who's been killed by Visser 3. Oh, was he? Oh, who is it? Did, did his dad die? Did he lose his, his dad, the other general guy? His poolmate, because this is the <laughs> Yerk, so he had a poolmate named Durain 344. And after the Kendrona was destroyed, there was widespread starvation that was... Kept very under wraps. Um, and Vista 3 was promising everyone, we're going to be fine. Everyone's going to be good. We figured it out. But that was all a fucking lie. And only the most important or the highest ranked or those that Visser 3 liked the best were scheduled shuttles to the mothership to go get Kendrona. They had a private jacuzzi back on the back on the ship, but only the, only the elites got to use it. Meanwhile, like thousands starved to death and were just quietly erased. Right. And Durain 344 was one of them. Uh, and so, uh, 
uh, Eslin359 has already gotten some small revenge because he sabotaged the the shuttle schedule for some of Visser 3's friends. And that's why we've seen some people recently randomly freaking out and starving to death. That's this guy. This is uh, Eslin359. Because he did that. Yeah. Uh, so he wants Visser 3 dead is his thing. And he's like, here's the thing. He's in an Andalite body. So sometimes he feeds like an Andalite. And he holds up a note, and he's like, time and location. Here you go. Ooh. Which Axe <laughs> has to. Axe is now, he well, did his Axe morning like, ritual. He already swore to his dad. Yeah, he's got to yeah. kill this guy. Well, Axe is like, this is obviously a trap. And the guy's like, I could have fucking shot you in the back. Like, right. I'd have been a goddamn hero. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so that night, Jake calls a meeting, and everyone confronts Axe uh, because Tobias was clearly up to something. He had, like pieces of bloody shirt like <laughs> in his talon and but he wouldn't tell them like what happened or what he was up to tobias why is there a human finger and your talons and he like swings like oh, don't pay no, that's nothing i don't know what you're talking about uh, <laughs> um so they get really pissed because now not only is axe keeping secrets for them but he's having them keep secrets from each other and that is not sitting well with a lot of them um, so they keep pressing him um, it's not right that he tells them nothing he says that he can't like by law um, they keep pressing and uh, it's one thing to not like give us technology not to advance us but like why can't he say anything about anything like to us and this conversation uh, it's about keeping control of us Marco said it's about power Rachel agreed Cassie was looking at me strangely no she said that's not it it's not about control it's about guilt Shame. That's it, isn't it? That's what you, you said the other night. You said every species carries some guilt. Uh, but Cassie had found the truth. Uh, what did you guys do to be ashamed of? Prince Jake asked me. Once we were kind when we should not have been, I answered. And that's all you're going to tell us? Jake asked. I nodded, the way humans do. I can't accept that, Axe, Prince Jake said. If you're with us, you have to be honest with us. Otherwise, I guess you'll have to be on your own. I hate to do that, but you can't be one of us and then lie to us. I understand, I said. You have been... He's also, he's morphed human at this point because he had to go to the barn. Uh, once again, I was feeling that strange choking in my throat. You've been very wonderful to me. I will always be grateful. Wonderful. Grateful. Full. <laughs> the truth is, the truth is we would not have been together much longer anyway. I looked up at Tobias and only he knew what I meant. Slowly feeling as if my clumsy human legs were made of a heavy earth metal called lead, I turned and walked away from my human friends. We uh, broke up. Yeah, and I, and I... I also feel like he's going to martyr himself. I feel like well, he, he he's like he's like I have the time and location for Visser Three. I'm probably going to die in the process of that, but I have to. I'm duty bound, right? Yeah, and he won't tell them what he won't he this big secret, which I yeah. think I know, but we'll find. I mean, eventually yeah. it'll come out. They showed kindness when they shouldn't, so I wonder what that is entailing. Yeah. So uh, that next morning, he does the morning ritual again, but it's different this time. And I'm just going to read you the lines of it. Yeah, I am the, I am the servant of the people. I am the servant of my prince. I am the servant of honor. My life is not my own when the people have need of it. My life is given for the people, my prince, and for my honor. And then, at that point, he didn't know that he was there, but Tobias is sitting up in a branch and is like, well, that's different than it usually is. <laughs> you know? And he tells uh, Tobias, get out of here. You don't want any and, part and, of and this. I gotta like, do whatever something. Whatever you're doing, like, I don't have to tell everyone else, but like, let me come help, please. And Axe is like, nope. This is just me. Uh, uh, and he makes Tobias promise not to like let Jake know uh, because he might tell Axe not to do it. And then he'd have to listen because Jake is Axe's prince now, right? 
Right. And obeying a prince's order is one of the laws. So, like, if Jake told him not to go, he'd have to listen. So don't tell Jake. And don't follow me. And Tobias is like, ugh, fine. <laughs> you know? And he's pissed. Like, clearly Tobias is pissed. Um, he runs t- uh, to where the note tells him to go, and there's, like, a meadow, a clearing. Um, he's having, like, a conscience crisis uh, and dwelling on his certain impending death and the crushing sense of duty. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets there. He's about an hour before the time he was given. Um, he kind of looks around being like, where would he run? Like, where would his deal be? He finds hoof prints near a stream, and he's like, here it is. So he morphs into a rattlesnake. And waits a snake in the grass. Yep. He lies in wait. Mr. Three shows up. The hork bajir he can tell from, like, the snake's, like, senses are all, like, just, like, kind of far away around the perimeter of the meadow. Like, none of them come with Mr. Three here. Um, Mr. Three shows up, kind of puts his hoof in the water, like, does this whole thing. Um, His plan is to strike, escape, demorph, and then come back and finish the kill. Right. Right? Uh, So he bites his leg. And then fucking ah, gets out of there before Vista 3 like, can, like, get him. Um, and figures that Vista 3 wouldn't know that the snake is venomous. Sure, sure. Right? He's already shown that he doesn't really research this planet much, right? So he slithers away, begins demorphing as Vista 3 starts yelling for the hork to find this thing. That right, was because just, he doesn't, you know. he, anytime an animal is anywhere near him, it is an andalite scum. Uh, as he's starting to demorph, he gets like 20 yards away, and as he's like starting to demorph, he realizes there's a hork like five feet in front of him. He's got to go, but he's got to go back to the snake. And, and, it, and it sees him, and it's about to strike, and then, wham, it gets fucking slammed to the side by a goddamn grizzly bear. It's oh, Rachel! no! She wasn't supposed to follow! <laughs> no one was supposed to come! Axe looks back, and there are two hork running to Visser 3, like, in the middle of the clearing. He sees a third hork at the edge of the woods, like, pulling out a draken beam. And then a fucking tiger jumps out of a tree and, like, <laughs> and gets it. Uh, 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 there's a gorilla and a wolf, like, fucking with another two over yeah. there, right? Um, Rachel and Axe start to head for Visser 3, and... and Axe, like, calls to Tobias, like, you told them. And, and Tobias is like, yeah, I did. It's, it was your idea. Prince uh, Jake is my prince too, technically, right? He told me to tell them where you went. <laughs> Sorry, bro. That's the way prince <laughs> laws work. Yeah. Uh, and then Axe is like, well, how'd you know where it was? And he's like, dude, I'm a goddamn hawk. The guy wrote it on a piece of paper and hands it to you. Like, I didn't read that shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they start heading for Visser 3. Visser 3 stumbles. Clearly the venom is starting to take its effect. The hork run to uh, run away because Axe calls to them like, you're your viscer is fucking finished. You want to live? You better run. And so they fucking book it. Um, and then Tobias kind of swoops down near them and then immediately starts frantically flying up into the air and kind of freak. He's like, wait a minute. What the fuck? No. No, 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 no. And then it turns out Viscer 3 bailed out of the Andalite, jumped into the stream, and now Tobias can't see. There's kind of a quick current and it's sort of deep. So Tobias can't see Viscer 3 and he fucking escapes. The little worm thing. The, the worm thing goes like that. escapes. Yeah. Yep. So now the Andalite that is, like, on the ground, Venom dying, is just an actual Andalite. Can they suck the point? You gotta suck it! You gotta suck suck that Andalite off! You gotta put your lips and spit it out! The host Andalite's name is Aloran Simitur Koras. Koras? Koras? Uh, Uh, We'll call him Aloran for short. Yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, And host, uh, he asks Axe to kill him before they take him again. Please, 
they are only minutes away. He's like, we can get you out of here. He's like, nope. They are like, literally, he has a backup team that's always ready to come here. They yeah. Are minutes away. They're going to take me back. They are going, the venom won't work fast enough. I'm going to not die. They're going to fix me and put him back in me. Please kill me. And Axe can't do it. Mm. Uh, and so he makes Axe promise, like, promise then to like, if you survive all this, like one day tell my family that I still hope and tell them that I still have love for them. Uh, he asks for orders. He's like, do I have any orders from my prince? Like, you are a war prince. Like, do you have any orders for me? Uh, and his orders are... Fight them. They are stronger than you think. They have, they have infiltrated. They are on the home world. Fight. And then he goes unconscious. On the home world? You mean back on the Andalite home world? Do we? Oof. That's all we know. That's all we find out. Uh, two days later, Axe has spent the last two days uh, since then uh, deep in contemplation. Right. Uh, and asks everyone to join him out in the woods um, and explains to them Ciro's kindness. Uh, Yay! Let's see. Ciro was a great Andalite, a warrior, a scientist. He was in charge of the first Andalite expedition to the Yurk homeworld. Ciro felt sorry for the Yurks. They were an intelligent species. They used a primitive species called Geds as host, but the Geds were nearly blind, clumsy, and not very useful. The Yurks had never even seen the stars, let alone be able to leave their own planet. Ciro felt sorry for them. Ciro was a kind, decent Andalite. Oh my god, Cassie whispered. That's the big secret. That's the shame Andalites are hiding. What? Rachel asked. What's the big secret? Ciro gave the Yurks advanced technology, didn't he? Yeah, I knew that shit! Ciro thought the Yurks should be able to travel to the stars as we did. At first, it seemed like the right thing to do, but then a species called the Nahara. By the time we found out it was too late, the entire species was enslaved by the Yurks. Then came the Hork-Bajir, the Taxons, and other planets. Other races were falling to the Yurk Empire. They spread like a disease. Millions, billions of free people have been enslaved or destroyed by the Yurks because of Ciro, because of us, because of the Andalites. Oh, boy. And that's Uh, why they're in a galactic war, and that's why... And he's like, you obviously now hate me. You obviously now hate us. It's our fault that this is coming to your shores, basically. And everyone's like, dude, we don't hate you. Yeah. Do, you do you understand? Do you understand? Did you not read that part about World War II? We humans yeah. <laughs> fuck up all the time. All the fucking time actually, we fuck up. This, this, the book itself is going to basically tell us a lesson that we should say in lessons. But everyone accepts it and doesn't hate Axe and tells him that just because kindness is betrayed once doesn't mean that you stop being kind. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it really didn't work out and really has led to a lot of terrible stuff. But that doesn't mean it's the Andalite's fault that that terrible stuff is happening. And that doesn't mean that you need to then close yourself off to everyone. Uh, and that humans and Andalites can be beautiful partners, uh, and it's going to be up to them to prove it because the Andalites are not going to be generally cool with that idea, you know? Um, Mar- and then fi- they have this kind of, like, good reconciliation as a group, and there's a silence, and then Marco speaks up and is like, okay, now that that's done, I fucking have to know. Axe, how the goddamn fuck do you eat? <laughs> <laughs> and he, ex- he explains it to them that, I oh, I run across grass, and when I crush the grass, the nutrients come through. Axe then acknowledges to himself that Tobias is truly, in fact, his shorm. Yeah, shawarma! Um, and then there's sort of an epilogue. Axe calls uh, the council leader again. He, like, does another video call with Lirum. Uh, sends Aloran's message for his family. Um, and then basically tells Lirum, hey, go to hell. I'm fighting with these humans. They deserve a chance. 
they are better than you think they are. I'm giving them all the fucking help I can. Axe out, mic drop. Yeah. Like, turns it turns off the shit. And to be and to be fair, they kind of I, I don't know. Uh, that's fine because they're already going to blame all this shit on Axe anyway. So yep. Axe is having to make his bed anyway, and he's yep. going to lay in it. Yep. Uh, okay. So the last thing I want to do before we jump to lessons, I know it's been a bit, but whatever. Um, uh, is that in some of these chapters, there's like little journal entries from Axe of his experience on Earth, and they're very fun. Uh, the first thing that an Andalite may notice about humans is that they walk around on only two legs. It is very strange to see so many creatures balancing that way, but despite this, they seldom fall over. Uh, (laughs) let's see, what's another good one? Yo, David, does Axe have a Twitter, and could we start Axe's Twitter with just... Human observations, we might be able to. That let's well, think about that. Because we'll just listen. I mean, we have we have a Twitter now. We never fucking tweet from. What if we just tweeted? Yeah. X's what if we put the, more on our plate that we still don't do? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Tell me more of Max's observations. A human has only two eyes. Both are in front of the face. Uh, in the front of the face. It is the same with most Earth species. These human eyes are very similar to our own main eyes, but humans seem fascinated by my stock eyes. One of the humans, Marco, has said they, quote, creep him out big time. I believe this is a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> An Andalite may think that humans are simple, open, trusting creatures, but they are more subtle than they seem to be at first. Possibly this is because of their spoken language, there are th- where no word ever means just one thing. Yeah, bro. Welcome to being a human. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Subtext, my man. Uh, you can't always get what you... Oh, so he, this is after he got the quote book. You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. A famous human named Rolling Stone said that. I think it was, I think it was very wise for a human. <laughs> it is very difficult to be in human morph and remember that you are not one of them. That their pain is not your pain. It is hard to remain apart, sometimes very hard. Yeah, so fun little observations from the alien. Uh, but there you go. That's Animorphs Book 8. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll do the preview after lessons. Let's go to lessons. Lessons. Okay. So my first lesson is, uh, and this is just a lesson for myself, maybe for a future note, I got to make flashcards. There's just so many fucking terms that I got to well, remember. <laughs> They'll come up again, and we'll we'll go over them as they come up. Knowing a term like the Arist or uh, an Estrine uh, is not necessarily a Nothlet. Nothlet, right. Nothlet will come up again, for sure. And so will Arist. Every now and then, Axe will refer to himself or other Andalites as an Arist. But yeah. uh, a good lesson from this uh, story is always call home. You gotta let people know what's going on. You gotta just like <laughs> let them know about your whereabouts. Just call your mom and dad, let them know how you're feeling. Another standout lesson, and I think this works even in alien world, but also in human world. Always have a pool mate. Dangers can happen to you in the water. You got to have someone watching your back to, like, help you out (laughs) of the pool. You never know what's going to happen. Buddy system. Right. Always follow the buddy system. I think a great lesson that works in this book, and I think this is a message to everyone in the universe. Don't fuck with snakes. Snakes are not your friend. Snakes are dangerous, yeah. Don't fuck with them. They let you know where they are, and once they let you know, get the fuck (laughs) out of there. Uh, uh, a big one is fucking trust your friends and be honest with your friends. And if you trust goes both ways, right? Like, I think that's a big theme of the book. Uh, I think that our squad is sort of like QAnon followers where we go one, we go all, we are all in this together. We have to fight this Yurk invasion. Okay. You know, there's a better way to say that without being QAnon. You could do three musketeers. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But David, but the three, but, but right, but the three musketeers aren't trying to fight the swamp inside of our government. David, Q knows what's going on right now. Okay, he's going to save us. Trump will be president again. Jesus fucking um, Christ. I wrote down, we got to follow the prime directive. Don't fuck with other species. Just let them live their own know. lives. Axes, I think the lesson that Axe has learned by the end is that that's kind of wrong. Is that that these humans deserve a chance. They do deserve advancement. They do deserve help in their defense, right? And that just even the Yurks, like, yeah, the Yurks were fucking assholes with the gift they were given. But that doesn't mean that the kindness was wrong. Oh, I hear exactly what you're saying. That being said, I'm just letting you know, I'm not fucking with anybody, okay? You do you. I'm going to look at you through a glass, and then I'm going to move on. All right. And then well, that's I'm, exactly what the Elemist was trying to do back in the Elemist. Right, book. right. Listen, I might be an Elemist. I, David, you don't know. You've never seen me without Except my clothes on. the Elemist on. found a loophole so that he actually could help the Animorphs. So well, listen, the Elemist I, himself, while following the Prime Directive, was undermining it. Right, but the Elemist is like Raiden. You know what I mean? He's not supposed to be helping yeah. Earthrealm, but he does help. <laughs> Earthrealm, yeah. so like... He's not supposed to help the Earthrealm, except he literally fights in the tournament on behalf of the Earthrealm. So like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, right. And yeah. then, my final lesson, and my le this lesson's for you, David. Thank you for being a shawarma. <laughs> a shawarma. <laughs> a shawarma. A shawarma. Not no, a shawarma. Yeah, like a I'm not a fucking sand. Like a, lo <laughs> like a longshoreman. You like, you're my poolmate. We like hang out on a yeah, boat. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll be your longshoreman for sure. What's, wait, what's the term? Shoreman? Shoreman. Shorm. S-H-O-R-M. Shorm. Yeah. Thank you like for Shorn being McDonald. a schwarm. Shorm McShawnmold. We'll put it on a shirt. This is a good shirt idea. I like this idea. Thank More work will never get done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I liked Book 8 a lot. It was good. There was less action, but there was a lot of, like, we learned a lot. We grew a lot as a group. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it sort of puts... Um, so far, Axes, we've only seen him as the fish out the of water, yeah, right? Yeah. And now we're sort of seeing what his what his motivations are, and he's I appreciated full, that. He's a full character now. Like yes. we 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 finally got a, a look into his mind and what he's dealing with, and now we like can feel the weight. Even when it's not his book later, when something happens and Axe is affected, we will now have much more context to why that affects him. And yeah. much like a human kid. He has pressures from his family, from yep. his culture, from yep. his religion, and he's yep. trying to deal with all of from those his things. like chosen career path. Like he's already done all these PSATs and these these right these right classes to get these credits, and now like what if he doesn't even want to be that job? Right. <laughs> I I think that uh, while an alien. Uh, he understands a lot what these human kids are also going through. And hopefully now, you know, our human kids know a little bit about him. Yeah. Uh, One of the things they say in the end of the book is they kind of like, well, you know, we have shared values. Like, what are the Andalites fighting for? And he's like, freedom. And he's right. like, great. Guys, what are we fighting for? And they're all like, yeah, freedom. You know what I mean? Like, it's that, that whole thing. Well... Visser's gonna get a new fucking body, and who knows what that's no, going to be. No, they re they recovered. They recovered the Andalite. It'll just be he'll he'll be back in his old body. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, not that this was a a neutral book or nothing happened, but we haven't seen uh. You know, some information got out there, but they let them know nothing. No one's coming for you guys anytime soon. It's, it's not going to be. We thought maybe, oh, about a year. It's going to be longer than a year. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what is our preview for next week? What is book nine? Book nine is called The Secret 
Oh, the secret. Oh, this is just where you you visualize what your goal is. They just have to. They're just gonna talk about the secret for a fucking yeah, book. Yeah. So, so next time, I'm actually just gonna read the secret to you. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'll start my vision board. Uh, it is a Cassie book. Ooh, uh, is that a new and- animal? Or is no, that her wolf? Ever, she's turning into a wolf. Uh, but that doesn't mean we won't get a new animal because in this one we just see Axe turning into a human, but we got a rattlesnake. So. A rattlesnake. Yep. yep. So we never know. Uh, but there we go. Uh, the little the little blurb on the cover of uh, book nine, The Secret, is no place to run, no place to hide. Yeah. That's it. Well, That's it. Uh, that title is vague enough that I'll have to save my prediction yeah, for next Jesus week. Christ. I have no idea what The Secret is going to be. Me uh, neither. That being said, again... I am always impressed about how deep these books are and sort of scratching at other things that I didn't think would be under the surface. This was a very deep book this week. This was, yeah, uh, dude, there's a lot. Uh, another plug to the author. Now, I know that we've been referring to the author as K.A. Applegate because these books are all K.A. Applegate, but this was in the 90s. I believe now they are going by Catherine Applegate, their actual name. Yay! Uh, so Catherine, Catherine is way Catherine easier Applegate. for me to fucking remember. Yeah, let's Look get Catherine up. on here. Look up her shit. I, I, th- I think she lives in California. She's uh, got to come on the show. Has she been vaccinated? Where, what, where is she at? Has she had double doses? Did she get J&J? I don't know. I think for a time she lived in a but I don't know if that's still true. I'm not going to try to dox fucking Catherine Applegate. Uh, don't uh, do I, that. I don't Contact your people, David. We got to go through appropriate channels. <laughs> anyway, props to Catherine Applegate writing some of my favorite books of all time. Thank you, <laughs> I Catherine. Love and thank you, everyone, for joining us nice. for another exciting adventure of story. Special thanks and shout out to Hadster22. Thank you, Hadster22. We'll never misgender you again, and I'll never put a fake religion on heart. you. I will always, always, always feel bad about it. Like, literally always. <laughs> David, David, it was a miscommunication. It's nope, only it's one never going to be fixed. I, I hope that Hadster can move past it, but I never will. No! All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm taking David to therapy. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Storytime and Delight Edition. I'm Michael Santel. I am David Miller. And we'll see you guys next time for The Secret. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. That's our show. Thanks for coming around. Don't be sad. No need to frown. We'll have more stories. Don't throw a fit. Goodbye, one and all. And we'll see you in a bit. Come one, come all, it is the end. <laughs> it's time to say goodbye to our Andalite friends. He got hey! bit in the R by a snake, but they're going to put him in a pool with a rake. Bye. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what he did. That's, there we go. <laughs>